0: Hello and welcome to Androids and Assets. I'm Marshall. I'm Stephen.
1: And I'm Rachel.
0: Today we're talking about Ursula K. Le Guin's The Left Hand of Darkness, a seminal science fiction work from 1969. We have our special guest, Rachel, Le Guin scholar, uh, aficionado. Oh, no um, in- connoisseur
1: interested uh fan <laughs>
0: <laughs> we have an interested party
2: <laughs> rachel <laughs> lequin super fan <laughs>
1: <laughs> although i did prefer the wizard the, the her wizard three chronicles what
2: can i say can i say i've never read any of her works prior to this so i am a bad person and
1: mm-hmm. i've wasted in my life i think i reread the wizard of mm-hmm. rc it's a trilogy like a couple of times as a kid <laughs> And I know I read this at a very young age, but
0: I didn't, didn't actually read uh, any of the Earthsea books until grad school, and then I mm-hmm. found them in the library when I was procrastinating my economics work. I was going to say I didn't. I didn't know really you read a lot of <laughs> <laughs> a lot of science
1: fiction in your in your coursework. And I like how you just found some books at a library. Oh, what's what's this here just laying around? <laughs>
2: books in a library <laughs> <laughs> yeah. don't be a Unheard pervert <laughs> <laughs> disgusting uh, but speaking of perverts let's uh let's jump right into this a lot of themes it's a very i think it's a very a very dense very clever book tremendously well written so it doesn't really feel it doesn't feel as heavy and
0: and thematically and philosophically rich as it is yeah it's not like we're reading uh ayn rand or something right
2: yeah but yeah <laughs> oh god we'll get to
0: those
2: please <laughs> no yeah yeah it's only about you of know time. you know you've seen the pictures <laughs> you, you you've know you've seen the pictures <laughs> you know what's coming <laughs> now you'll record the I, podcast i'm pretty sure i posted that on twitter the pictures? Uh, never mind. Atlas Shrugged. The Atlas Shrugged trilogy. I bought it on DVD. so
0: <laughs> I found it in like a bargain On DVD?
1: Bin. It's a movie as well? Yeah. They, oh, they, yeah. They
0: there g- was a group of like radical libertarians that decided to turn it into a movie trilogy. And the story of it? I mean, it's not like to now, but the story of book. it is amazing. It's incredible. So It's just incredible. It's just gonna gonna the production. Our, yeah. Wait,
1: you guys haven't read the book, but you've seen the
2: movies. I, I've read uh, selected segments of of Atlas Shrugged. Have you
0: tried to read Atlas Shrugged? <laughs>
1: yes. <laughs> I have not been successful up until this <laughs> point. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> I am wary of anybody who says that they've actually read all of Atlas Shrugged. Anyway, we're talking about Left Hand of Darkness, <laughs> a much that. better book.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, amazing. Um, and so I think one of the things... A
2: lot of really interesting stuff. We, we wrote down religion first, so the thing we're going to discuss. Essentially, it's a book about an outsider, uh, an emissary of a sort of weird space UN called the Ecumen, he go, or space EU maybe. They're really focused on trade and commerce, so I'd say they're really more of a space EU than a space UN. Anyway, he comes down to this planet called Gethan, Yeah. and he um, basically is trying to get them to join their intergalactic or interplanetary society and he it they're very different there they're a very unique bunch uh down on on Gethin. And, and they have uh, there's something very unique about them as humans they're they're basically human but they have very one sort of critical physiological difference it's that they're slightly shorter than <laughs> most humans right <laughs> yeah they are shorter
1: it's, just, um, <laughs> it's, it's a subtle okay, difference
2: two, <laughs> two two differences uh, that, that they have
1: i have it written down in my pages the description of so when you meet a Gethian, you cannot and must not do what a bisexual naturally does, which is to cast him in the role of a man or woman while adopting towards him a corresponding role dependent on your expectations of the pattern or possible interactions between persons of the same or opposite sex. So basically they're ne- neuters. The book uses the term neuters. So they're essentially, I would say, asexual for most of the month. 26 days, I think. And then... However many days of Kemer, their Kemer cycle is their sexual potential cycle where they can either become male or female and then be sexually active. That capture it?
2: Yeah, I think that's very good. Yeah, yeah. So sexuality occurs on a cycle and they can present as male or female during that during their sexual period. Did Um, they get to choose their sex during that period? There's a biofeedback loop with your partner. So you kind of pair up and then kind of, they start putting out some, some hormones, you start putting out other hormones and then kind of one becomes the male and becomes the female.
1: It seems like whoever was in first, whichever one they go, go to, I don't know. And then the other one Mm -hmm. would respond accordingly, which I read some of the um, critiques of it was that she is very sort of heteronormative so the assumption is that they're always having sex with people who are of opposite genders.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, it's interesting because he talks about Gen Lee, the, the emissary. He says he he says he's he's not sure of any time when you have people having both, like having matching non complementary. Whatever that means. Um, While they're in camera together, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that basically like it never. You would think says, though, with the way they he describe, says, it doesn't the happen, houses. or is so rare as to never be spoken about. He just says he hasn't heard of it. Right. It does not to say. It doesn't mean it's not possible. And this is this is what's great about this book is he has this unreliable narration.
1: Uh, yeah, this is true. Um, a, a non-local. He's he's not yeah, from yeah. there. <laughs> and he's yeah, the I mean, and, you
2: know, and other people do contribute to the narration, but it's predominantly gently. Um and he's yeah and he and he has and he i think he's a bit of a he's a bit of a sexist let's uh, let's jump into sexist. the let's jump into this pronoun we were we discussed this before there because because yeah. in this this book doesn't very interesting with pronouns
1: well she uses male pronouns throughout the book to describe all of the gethians all of the gethian characters which i had a huge problem with other than when she's like there's few parts in the book where she's describing individuals who are in Kemmer, which would then would make sense to say they're male or female Mm. um but throughout the book she uses male pronouns which i thought was problematic
0: now do you think she did that to sort of like be approachable that that gender neutral pronoun just was not a subject of discussion widely in the population in the 60s i don't i don't know i have no idea when discussion of a like a gender neutral pronoun in english really became like a topic
1: yeah i read some she so there was apparently a bit of Backlash, So, like, crit- critics were kind of questioning if this is sort of a feminist-leaning novel, then why did you use male pronouns? And she's kind of since said she regrets it and she kind of wouldn't have used it had she been write, kind of writing it now. It sounds like her original, like, published and it sort of came to critical acclaim – Her original argument was gender was secondary. Her like point, the whole kind of drive of the book that was more about, I actually don't remember what her original religion maybe, and gender was secondary. But then after a bunch of interviews where people were kind of questioning her on it, she sort of admitted, oh no, well, it's actually sort of a a primary theme to this book. And then had since admitted that she was regretful that she used the male pronoun. I just thought it was different because like it really primes you, I mean, if you think about your sort of gender stereotypes and how implicit they are in general, using male pronouns really primes you for male characteristics using air Mm -hmm. quotes, right? So it's like, I had to like, I feel like I had to work really hard at remembering that they're not male, but trying not to see them as male, even though every, in every description, he did this and he said that I just sort of saw them all as male. I just feel like I was reading a book about men. That was my problem with it.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking of, and Leckie. Uh, especially in in her most recent book, Provenance. the world that they're on, everyone there's so there's like three genders, but by default, you just refer to everyone by the third neutral gender. So it's like air and e, right? And uh, um, so like it's a yeah, it's an interesting thing that you could have easily done, like could have chosen a different thing, yeah, and and it makes a big difference when you, are, you when you're reading about characters and it doesn't explicitly say their gender. Yeah, you you don't start to make those assumptions no around it. So,
1: well, if she'd used like they, them, there, this whole for the whole book, I, I think it would be a fundamentally different read. Granted, mm-hmm. the narrator, like we've already established, is male and is coming at it from his own. Yeah. She calls him like bisexual race of humans
2: right so he's obviously well
1: entrenched in that
2: yeah. things he finds reprehensible in the in the, Gen- the gethian population he defines as feminine
1: there were so many like, comments ha- and yeah yeah, found yeah like like when he feels through, when one. he
2: feels estravan his his friend uh sort of his chief kind of handler and the prime minister of one of the two countries in that book like when he's being like duplicitous or like politicking he's kind of like oh so feminine
0: he's so womanly and like indirect and I hate it basically that's also a really interesting sort of characterization of of being effeminate right because most politicians in the English speaking world are, are not women yeah. Yeah. Um, but are quite duplicitous. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And are known for like doublespeak, known for <laughs> lying.
1: So there's a bunch of quotes. I should have written them all down, but here's one that I, thus as I sipped my smoking sour beer, I thought that at table Esterven's performance had been womanly, all charm and tact and lack of substance, specious and adroit. Was it in fact perhaps the soft, supple femininity that I disliked and distrusted in him? And there were so many, like, so many little blurbs like that about... Just
2: little digs. Wo- just, yeah,
1: yeah, there was totally
2: digging. Oh, they're just and, like, being womanly. And, they're,
1: and then yeah, just completely ugh. written off. Yeah. And, yeah. Maybe it would. They, there would have been... Like, I wish you would have explained more or had more characters or, I don't know, had more scenes with people in Kemmer who were females. Granted, that would be, it would be sex scenes, (laughs)
2: mean, a a woman,
1: which wouldn't be a bad thing. When, when,
2: when Jenly's being hauled off the concentration camp, uh, someone in Kemmer comes onto him and tries Uh, to, tries to jump his, jump his bones or whatever the kids say these days.
1: But so apparently, right. So she refers to, there's also a fairly large number. I mean, a small percentage of the population are, they call them perverts. And so those are people who don't, I don't know, Biologically, don't abide by the same cycle, the same chemmer somer cycle, um, and they're called perverts because they're constantly in chemmer as, they sh- they, as they're described. So the Gen Lee is, co- is a pervert; right? he's constantly in chemor. Um They just kind of make reference to that. Is it's like actually fairly common, mm-hmm. but then you don't hear about it any other. At, and they're, at any a mar- other point. They're, they're
2: clearly a
0: marginal group in this society. Oh yeah, would they? Would those perverts swap back and forth?
1: No, I think they're permanently st- they're kind of like stuck in like one. Uh, so they're either like predominantly male or predominantly female I would assume I have a uh, I took a bunch of I bent all my pages down internet to find the best at parts internet
0: <laughs> <laughs> they're permanently bisexual <laughs> I mean yeah well, no, the they're, they're like,
1: permanently well yeah yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> which,
2: the, the, she,
1: she used the term bisexual in a manner that I was not familiar with well, 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 well she
2: <laughs> conflates uh, yeah well I mean she uses sexuality in this case in it's uh, I guess it's appropriate term which is that like sexation is there's physiological them, right. and gender is uh is socially constructed yeah um, so sex sexation describes the dimorphism uh, so in that sense I mean
0: the, 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 sure, the but, I mean are, we use bisexual now as a an orientation
2: yeah exactly
1: yeah 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 as an aspect yeah. of your sexuality as opposed to your physiology yeah. I suppose you could be bisexual and be
2: transgender right like so it's not an <laughs> aspect of your physiology yeah. yeah. I mean, but the but the Genthians. I mean, again, our English lacks the language to accommodate what the Gethians are, I think, which is something we kind of come yeah, come back to again.
1: Well, and the narrator kind of talks about that mm-hmm. as like, in terms of using the masculine pronoun, but he can't really, like, they, there's no direct equivalent word to describe them when they're in summer, or in their neuter, somer, kemer, yeah. somer,
2: whatever. Kemmer and somer, that's yeah. what I would say, but I like summer.
1: Summer. Summer and Kemmer.
2: Uh, and they're on a planet that's incredibly cold.
1: Insanely also. cold.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Horrifyingly cold. <laughs> so they're also, they have like these, so and they're also kind of adapted to that. So they also, like, they're kind of fat and stout, stout and, like, they got, like, these, like, protective, insulating.
1: And have to eat all the time. Bodies. Yeah. <clears throat> Which wouldn't be too bad. Although their food choices don't sound terribly appealing. Oh my God.
0: No, they, they, Isn't there a reference to, like, beer being kept in hot coals?
2: Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, So it doesn't freeze over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like they don't, like, there's not a lot of meat, so, like, there's not a lot of... It's too cold for... um,
2: So it's lots of, like, nuts and seeds and grazing food. I think they build greenhouses and grow food. Right. Yeah.
1: It seems like they were really technologically advanced in some ways, and then... Like not to others. Well, there's a
2: line where Jenly talks about how like uh, like uh, you know the, the Gethian Gethens, yeah, the people on Geth had had advanced in thirty thousand years, only part of what humans had advanced in three thousand. Right. <laughs> yeah. So Genly talks about how and how they like they have they have sort of a lack they lack a a, a competitive drive. This isn't the same thing. This also then means they also haven't really developed warfare in the same way.
1: Well, and the link haven't. is made to the lack, their yeah. lack of of bisexuality, their lack of yeah. gender.
0: Yeah, yeah. Because so. you need men to be really creative and
1: clearly. Oh. Well, it's, not, it's not that they're, it,
2: I mean, just yeah. Well, and I think there is some some of that prejudice there but i think also just the way technology was just different and they didn't they didn't go down that road like they have like they have like batteries that last five years
1: well and i would imagine <laughs> like, and that the that the impact of the climate that's amazing. yeah
2: yeah so they have some like, yeah so not, they're not technologically not advanced they're just advanced. So it's
1: very specific in, yeah 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 because yeah. they, 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 like they're yeah. like land what do they call them they're like land fleets for like these giant vehicles to move across snow essentially yeah um seemed pretty advanced
2: yeah yeah so they can be i think they can be and they have like they have like crazy non-lethal sound guns that can like paralyze you and control you like you know like so that like again they have the usual again yeah they've they've, well they've developed cool technology but in in in, you know they haven't but they haven't been like well let's fuck off to the stars now (laughs) you know like they just didn't they just didn't care about that i guess which which yeah with with which generally perceives as a just complete lack of ambition and drive (laughs) but it's actually maybe just
1: well i like i wonder if that's related to some of their religion though that like the um i was more interested in the hondarata hondarata as opposed to the mesh the meshy Where's the other one and kind of the the idea of like unknowing like the untrance and like what's the quote i thought that like because he goes at one point to uh generally goes to visit and i can't remember why he goes to visit the uh these foretellers so there's this, in one of the religions, there's this well-known process of foretelling where you can ask them a question and they give you like a, a true answer. So it's like, they can kind of see into the future. So they call it foretelling. So he goes to this community. So there's these like religious communities that are apart from the major cities where people can practice the the aspects of the religion. And he asks them a question, right? But he stays there for a bunch of days and learns all about it. In reading about it, it's kind of like Zen Taoist, I think links this uh like the religion is about kind of they go on these like untrances and they're kind of the goal is to like uh unlearn and to like not be attached to like I don't know knowing or knowledge or having answers for things sure which I really really like so like calling yourself ignorant would be like (laughs) the highest compliment (laughs) which he does and then realizes quickly that oh no (laughs) He's not he's not ignorant like like that. But there's this one good quote I want to find it. He asks a question of the foretellers and gets an answer, which spoiler alert ends up coming out right.
0: Well, all of the answers have to be true, right? That's that's part of the foretelling.
1: Well, so the questions just have to be answerable. Yeah. So I'm okay. Yeah, they're true because they're essentially telling you the future. So the the implication is that they're, it's true. <laughs> <laughs> I suppose.
0: Um, so okay. I'm I mean we probably don't have an answer to this but is is precognition then like a a a physiological trait of the Gathenians?
1: No, well that's what Lee is like wanting to he thinks it's like ho- a big hoax he thinks it's just kind of uh, smoke and mirrors essentially. Um <clears throat> But then he goes and sees, and it sounds like when you ask a question, so you have to pay money. And I thought the payment scheme was cool. You had to, like, based on what you make. So, like, if you're the king and you go and you ask for a foretelling, you have to pay, like, a ton of money because you can afford it. So it's like if you're really poor, you go and they only make you pay what you, what you can afford, which I thought was cool. It's like a
2: Radiohead album.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, <laughs> and then you, get, he get, you actually get to be a part of the, like, he sees the whole ceremony
2: going. That was and it is intense. Kind of
1: weird. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: I might have to go back and reread it. We'll, we'll we'll let people who want to read it they can they can find out how weird it is. Right. <laughs> we won't spoil it for you.
1: <laughs> what the what? But the religion was yeah.
2: Anyway. Uh, well, like, I mean, even like the term "left hand of darkness," like it's this, like it's all there's very much. There's this theme of non-duality. In it, right? Like so, like the, there's from this poem in in there where they talk about like you know like like the, on the left hand is darkness and on the right hand is light, and but they're all they're just two sides of the same conjoined, right? They're, they're they're two pieces conjoined into what is one object, and this is and then and this is also for like them and how they've this is very this is very natural to them because they don't live in the gender duality, so their capacity to their capacity to transition through many. Through through being fathers and mothers and, and doing all these things just kind of lends them to yeah. understand things from more of a wholeness oneness perspective and makes them very different um,
0: philosophically spiritually intellectually from Culturally. the acumen. yeah I would think I would think that not having that duality though of male and female being the only genders would would lead to you viewing like black and white as less likely to be two sides of a coin and maybe more of a spectrum across like shades of gray Mm -hmm. that if you don't if you're not primed from the beginning to see everything as either male or female then a spectrum is more you're more open to a spectrum rather than like oh well there's light and there's dark obviously like "Well, well maybe there's not your concept of
2: discretion like when something is one and then one or two things like, when they become discrete, when they actually split, you actually don't, you don't get there.
1: Which they do, though, in camera, I would argue that they split. Like, because you refers to it as it's a potential, right? They're this—they have a potential, right? They're this neuter, but they have this potential, so they can become the potential to be male or female. So at some point, they do, I think,
2: split and go into, like, one category or another. Yeah. And, but that each potentiality has nested within it its opposite.
0: Right. So they, yeah. they still have primed as a duality. They're just also willing to accept that within themselves they could be either one, not that from birth you are one or the other. Yeah. yeah. Like, like transitivity. And I think, that, I think that ends up in a spectrumy place. And I think, again,
2: but it's interesting because in 1969, I don't think this language that we have now for this, we have a lot of language for what's going on here that yeah. did not really exist in the discourse. Yeah. Um, you know, like, I mean, until. In the 60s, like, Sigmund Freud was still taught in psychology schools, yeah. and there was a group of people that referred to homosexuals as inverts, Ugh. which is, I, you know, I mean... It's terrible. Again, they're, they're, again, it's a very heteronormative right. concept, right? Yeah, and so, you know, like, but the fact that, that was that was the status of things, that well, was...
1: I think that's why I had such a hard time getting over his comments the narrator's comments about women and his references to women. And I had to like forcibly remind myself, like this was published in the sixties, which was not that long ago. I'm sorry. So like, how terrible was it? Like my parents were getting married in 1969. They were in their twenties. Like they, that's not that long ago. You gotta, it, like
2: in the seventies, a man stopped, saved Richard Nixon's life from a gun, a woman who attempted to shoot him. And he was in San Francisco. And in the process of like, him becoming famous, it became public knowledge that he was a homosexual and it ruined his life. He committed suicide. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, it's like... <laughs> with, kind of,
1: and I mean, I think in, in some ways we've come a long way in that regard, I think. And in many ways we have not at all, even a little bit, to even, come a long way. <laughs> we can, like, talk more openly about it in some spaces. Um, but I I think there's still people who commit suicide, you know, after being shamed and you know terrorized after they come out or after it's you know someone comes out for them maybe or someone pulls them out right which is usually the case
0: yeah i mean the vice president of the united states still supports conversion therapy right yeah oh man i met someone who went who
2: like they they went to conversion therapy yeah and they are now they are now married to a, a member of the opposite sex and they really think it worked for them which is remarkable. Like (laughs) that's just a remarkable story to have heard from someone.
0: And that therapy Uh, would be that
2: effective. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I I mean, I kind of want a time machine. I just want to go and like see them in like 20 years. Yeah. You know, like, how'd that go for you? Yeah. You know, I mean, and I, you know, it's not for me to tell them their lived experience, I guess, but that's, that's a lot. That was just wild. I couldn't, couldn't believe it. Yeah. Completely unlike anything I've ever experienced, uh, in having conversations with anyone else who'd been through something similar but you know weird interesting world
1: how did we get here talking about dualities yeah yeah. (laughs) shades of gray gray. it's all a spectrum
2: (laughs) so there are two countries
1: yes nations
2: two nations yeah they seem
1: to be side by side because he basically
2: walks to the one yeah they're they're across the
0: bay from each other basically um when the bay freezes over the ice touches and the countries meet
1: yeah. Well, oh, I didn't catch that. <laughs> I'll have to find that passage after. <laughs>
2: but yeah, so, uh, they anyone want to talk about the countries? Anyone want to walk us through the geopolitics of... Okay, so there's two Car- countries, Car-head. Carhide and Orgraine. orgrain yes, and they are. And there's also additional like smaller polities and kingdoms that are collectively referred to as the archipelagos. Mm-hmm. They mostly again re- exist on the islands. But however, on a planet where the oceans themselves freeze over, the term island is Suspect. intersubjective. <laughs> yeah, it's highly <laughs> intersubjective. Uh, yeah. And, and interesting enough, also, did you notice that like um, there's a line there about how like the winter on this planet is more to, is not about the tilt of its axes. Winter and summer are global because yeah. of the elliptical orbit, and like actually, there's a stage where the planet is really far from the sun. Yeah. And then it swings back, and that's how it has summer and winter, which I thought was cool.
1: Well, she refers to it, like it being in like an ice age, essentially. Like it's still in an ice age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Compared to the other, like the Terran con- or countries, uh, planets that he's from.
2: Yeah. Goldilocks planets. Right. <laughs> M class planets, as Star Trek would say. <laughs> anyway. Um, <laughs> Yeah so there yeah so so car car hide and or or grain or grain it seems that- one is one is sort of a feudal medieval society um with a king and chief ministers and lords and is and the other one is uh, is called the commensality
1: um, Well they're very different I the, like cuz the the structure of the family structure political structure in terms of like the the hearths and the the f- living units yeah the islands islands yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um i that really appealed to me i thought that was really interesting and did you guys notice the like when they're talking so it's they have a king yes however the the king is insane right so all the references to the king being insane and how he doesn't really operate on the same level that other car hidish folk do Mm -hmm. did you guys pick up on that I thought that was a strange.
2: Yeah, I think it's just a just a standard. You have your standard Mad King, and then like all the courtiers are just desperately trying to contain this petulant child that has his hand
0: on the wheel. Okay, but was he operating at like a higher level or like like a completely different? Well, he was playing a different game entirely.
1: It, he, it seems that so they kept on calling him insane. He, I don't think Shift Grithor was something he had to. Where he didn't have to play that.
2: Yeah. and what's shift kathor? Oh, for, for listeners,
1: uh, can I read the definition? Because yeah. it's like prestige play. I don't know. It took me the whole book to figure it out, and I still don't really know. So it reminds me of like the
2: tatami in Japanese, like you know, like this like concept of like face or appearance. Yeah, like, yeah, and 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 have the ontology of that image. Anyway, i to read the definition
1: in the book. She describes it as prestige face, place, the pride relationship, the untranslatable and all-important principle of social authority in Karhide and all civilizations of Gethin. So yeah, it's like a really indirect way of communicating, I thought. Um, But the king didn't seem to, I don't think, he could just tell people what to do, which would totally go against any notions of this Shifgrithor. Subtlety. Yeah. Yeah, because and I suppose he didn't because he had the ultimate social authority. Yeah. He was the ultimate prestige. He had it all just for being the king, and no one else had to, yeah. or like he didn't have to play at it. He just was born into it.
2: There's one line which is just like a throwaway line, but it, it describes how succession functions. Because at one point, the king for the first time becomes pregnant, and that this is this is how the line of succession functions. Because uh, you have the only you only get an heir when the king carries you. That's how you become an heir to the throne. Right. Um so <laughs> well, was kind of that's a, so interesting. And that's kinda <laughs>
1: like a crapshoot because every time he goes into Kemmer he might not become yeah. female right and yeah. not yeah
2: or become or not become pregnant anyway so yeah so he was quite he's quite he was far too old to be being a mother yeah um but anyway but it's like this very important miracle child that he's gonna
1: i wonder birth. who you, who you would have sex with did they talk about the like like the the other person the yeah because they're not they're like, not. They're he would just go to the Kemmer house though would he? yeah i maybe
2: maybe as a royal uh a a, a royal Kemmer house where all the the finest oh, be, oh, specimens.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> However they measure that. Uh,
2: <laughs> or, uh, yeah, like, you know, I don't know. But they have rules. They have rules about, like, they're, they have quite a few sexual mores. Like, there are, there are people you can. They're polyamorous, but there are still people you can't or shouldn't get down with. Like, relatives or people who are. Uh, there's something about like, generate, like, age. Ages. People who be from, like, an appropriate age cohort as well like
1: it seems that because uh Estervin's, uh what do they call them Kemmerers? cuz you can vow kemmer yes
2: you yeah you can't have a spouse yeah yeah, you yeah. Just, but but only one and if you get divorced you can't do it again,
1: again. but that's only if you yeah. vow kemmer if you don't vow yeah. kemmer you can just yeah, yeah. yeah. have as much sex Free as you agent. want yeah but he vowed kemmer to his brother
2: oh yeah or no yeah you're right no, there was his there brother. was his no sibling? prohibition against yeah yeah it seems was, like
1: because they talked about like incest was like meh whatever but yeah. suicide that was a problem
2: yeah yeah and i think age just i i think they have they have they have something about age age groups uh, yeah i don't know but Pro- i don't know probably. anyway no no matter yeah <laughs> a digression I did like
1: the descriptions of the camera houses, though. They sounded like people get you like, you get time off every <laughs> month to go have Definitely sex. year you get in this to go to the orgy, orgy chamber for four days. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. Cool. Cool, guys. Uh, yeah. Well, I think, but it drives this whole thing of like that. Yeah. So
1: they're like, social structure
2: yeah it's a royal kingdom and it's and everything is organized and the base social unit of of all royal kingdoms is family and tribe yeah and kind of like yeah uh, kind of weaving together into like being ruled by a a a a leader family and then sub-leader families and everything every sort of like yeah you're sort of primogenitor into your role in that society
1: well they were very like community-based i thought they were very welcoming and that like Mm -hmm. part of their culture i guess was they welcomed like if you were a traveler you were welcomed and you were fed and it wasn't it wasn't Mm -hmm. uh it wasn't even thought of as anything difficult it was just what what you did
2: yeah yeah so and i think and i think this is and i think this is interesting because it's kind of the hallmark and i found this like this whole thing between like feudalism like like sort of primitivist feudalism and then kind of like modernity and nationalism because right. grain was very much a, a developed country. It was a country with More nationhood so. and patriotism and yeah. like a gov- government and statehood, like yeah. there was a bureaucracy, there was a military, yeah. there was you know, there were all of these affects of being of modern full statehood. Yeah. Um that separated it. And then when then with the development of, of of being a state and being modern and being um you know, yeah, developed in that way came the loss of the civilsus, all of those sort of like free flowing like hospitalities and right, um, and and this and this is what he and this kind of becomes about like what Jenly says about like how uh, the planet's really incapable of war
1: more more so that nation yeah yeah,
2: yeah. well but like like, like, like they, they kind of only now is the whole concept of like a country mobilizing soldiers and building factories to create tanks and planes and actually like have a real fucking yeah massive death world war one type war uh, well, it's only now being introduced onto that planet
1: well and i think like that because i got the impression that um that's part of like playing like carhide off of so when he so when Jenly went from carhide mm-hmm. to or mm-hmm. that he his reception was very very different um and there was some i thought implication that there was someone was there was factions within Orgorain that were kind of trying to like force war or to force aggressive action on like on their part like or on karhides part yeah and
2: part in part they wanted to form a treaty with the Ecumen to grant them yeah. trade and military advantages in a in a future conflict
1: right they Clearly didn't understand the way the ecumen worked, <laughs> the orgarine <laughs> or the orgata.
2: Makes sense to me. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think the ecumen are about being like, oh, you're our guy. Okay, great. Here's some cool guns. Uh, yeah, no. make it so. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we don't know. I don't know. It was a very different feel. So when he goes from Carhide to Orgarine, like how, like, I'm curious, like, how they can maintain such distinct cultures and structures when they're like next door to each other. Mm-hmm. I thought that was interesting that there wasn't a lot of like, there wasn't this like transition zone. Cause they're essentially like, mm-hmm. it's the same. He walks there. Yeah. Um, well he, he goes on that ice. Uh, he has to probably have to pass a glacier or something. Um, I got a
2: chronoplan or something. You know, some yeah. It's crazy land ship.
1: So it's like, there's a fair bit of movement on. back and
2: forth from each country. Yeah. yeah. And there's commerce. And-
0: yeah. I, I think that's a, a, a fairly convenient, trope that happens in stories, right? In in, in science fiction and fantasy in particular, that like right. neighboring countries can be vastly different from yeah. each other.
1: Yeah. Well yeah, now that you've mentioned that that's true.
2: But yeah. but also I think some sense, in a sense that like, you know, like they both have Schiffengroth. Schiff Schiffgrothor. Sh- Schiff Schiff Schiffengroth. <laughs> Schiff, yeah, Schiffgrathor. Yeah. yeah, they both have Schiffgrothor. Like they are still kind of the same culture. And I think they speak the same language? No, there's two different oh, languages. Okay. Yeah. I didn't know they, yeah, okay, yeah, okay. But they are they 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 do have a lot in common. Yeah, um, but that they yeah. But I think that the differences have become very in in the recent era more pronounced. And yeah. again, it's with this development of 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 organ organ Orgorene, Orgorain. Orgorain. <laughs> this this development of Orgrain nationalism, yeah, and the like the patriotism, distinct I- the Orgrain identity, yeah. over just the general like
0: gender. Do, do you think that there are to change tactics completely to track to change completely what we're talking about though? Do you think that there are parts of this book that are applicable or or have have things that are interesting to say about our current society? Like it was written fifty years ago, and it's obviously a commentary about gender roles
1: probably not much has changed (laughs) like like
0: that's still as relevant today than it
1: was then in terms of gender i don't know we just talk about it more maybe and there's like some movement on some issues but it still seems that it's the same there's the same beliefs about like what it what it means to be feminine and what it means to be masculine
2: and i think i think that the discourse about like um you know, modernity, modernity and the, the modern and the primitive is still very, very, very prescient, you know, <laughs> it's, it gets thrown around a lot. We have this very concept so who are the properly modern, who are the property modern uh, societies and who the British. The, yeah. Yeah. And who are the, and who are the, and who are there the right. cruel? Well, I mean, I mean, all you have to do is look at like, I mean, this is the, this is the narrative of Islamophobia. Oh, yeah, like, absolutely. Like, we, we are developed, cultivated, uh, right. a sophisticated society, and they're all, you know, with like a modern bureaucracy and technocracy, and then there's these, you know, filthy Arabs out there with, you with know, intense. their 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 weird sense of their tribe and weird religion and mm-hmm. Sufi magics mm-hmm. and, you know, like, whatever. Um, so, I think, yeah, to some extent, there's that is a live question in our
0: discourse currently. For, For sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I do love I, I love when people start listing things that are primitive.
2: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Tanks, fighter jets. <laughs> I think they're primitive. Well no, but I mean like <laughs> you're talking about
0: like Sufi magics, right? Yeah. And somebody will denounce that yeah. and then go visit a psychic.
2: Yeah, ex- absolutely. Yeah. Well, to- well, totally. Like, I mean, I uh, I mean, in terms of Islamophobia, like, I mean, uh, often it's biggest, the people who are denouncing this cruel, uh, this cruel foreign religion are Christ are fundamentalist Christians who would love nothing more. You know, I, I all all the all the right wing Christians I know, yeah. would say they're trying to bring Sharia law. But then you know, maybe an hour later would say how they'd like to kill gay people.
0: Like it's, <laughs> yeah, abortion. Abortion is a problem. Night. Kill gay people, and you know, all we need yeah. to do to solve masculine violence issues is to force women to marry them. Yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. seems like a it's, brilliant solution. The sex solution. outside of marriage is the problem. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
0: But no, and also kill well, Sharia law is the problem
2: here. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Uh, yeah, or like tribes, but at the same time, like nothing is more important than family. Yeah, isn't that the same thing? Well, yeah. So, well, absolutely. I mean, the whole, the whole, the whole the neo- rivalries between towns. Yeah. Like, the
2: whole neoconservative revolution is about like restoring the primacy of the family, of the heteronormative family, of the basic unit of social functioning. Like that was what that, that's what Thatcher and Reagan were all about, right? So this notion that yeah that we're beyond that in any way is beyond insane.
1: In in Orgarain, they talk about when children reach the age of one, after they're, they're essentially weaned, they go and they go into like a communal place where everyone raises the children. And it's because the idea is everyone's supposed to be like equal, right? Everyone's supposed to have equal opportunity. So there's no, you don't have to worry about the like impact of like your, your parents because everyone is parented in the same way by a whole bunch of different people. So there's, that's kind of...
2: Well, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's this whole sociological theory about like um, like male like property, like the transfer of property from fathers to sons. Right. And so uh, when you have a patriarchal society where property, all of a sudden you have to worry about, well, whose dick was in where, you know, whereas if you're just like, oh, you came out of me, Who you're that? mine. Right, and then it's just like okay and then you don't have this whole concept of like well me, yeah but, but what what fluid were you made of uh, <laughs> and we have really built this whole society this whole system is really about trying to guarantee and safeguard that like that you are that your property is
0: going to be assigned to the person you came
1: properly owns you, you yeah who properly <laughs> owns you
0: do you think that the, the children when they're being raised that like if you're Kemmer and you're female Kemmer you do 70% of the work during that period <laughs> <laughs>
1: She never touched upon that in the yeah. book.
2: <laughs> we do have an alien narrator, so we're <laughs> we're not t- entirely sure. I mean, we did have one 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 person who was in female camera had this job, so there's no discrimination. Uh- <laughs> but beyond that, I think the Acumen are cool. They're very light in this, but this notion of like a yeah, like a cool space-faring uh, peace and peace and uh, trade civilization. Um, but I think, but I think when we drill into the ecumen, we're going to find there's some nasty, I, I think, I, I hope it, I, cause there's what's the next book in this series?
1: I don't think it's like a next book. She just writes a couple more books uh, of the, in, in the universe.
0: Yeah. I think the next one that was written like chronologically is something like, what is the word for the forest is a world? Or the world is a forest something like that okay. I got it in here
1: I think she wrote a couple of books I really
2: want to I really want to dig into it. I want to keep I this wanna, is actually yeah. the second book there's one oh, before this okay in the set um, in this environment in this. yes yeah set in the Hainish.
1: the word for world is forest oh, there we go once uh, well, you got city of illusions planet of exile
2: I don't know if those are all on the same I'm just reading a yeah. list of them I book. think because I I, I, I want to I find out more about the ecumen because I they can't be I, I really doubt that they can be everything Jen Lee says they are no, that's, that's it's a contradiction. Object, yeah. yeah, I think they have imperialistic ambitions. Absolutely. Uh, and, the, you know, it's this whole, like, and, th- and they have this conquest by missionary thing they got going on um, can't really be all that it's almost presented to be.
1: Well, and so. in the definition in the book, so... Uh, the ecumen is not essentially a government at all. Is it? It is an attempt to reunify the mystical with the political. <laughs>
0: uh, <laughs> and yeah. as such uh, is, of course,
1: mostly a failure. <laughs> yeah, no,
0: they're definitely uh, imperialistic. So, yeah. this, is, this is a society with gas chambers the somewhere. mystical right? like, <laughs> and the political. There's no way there isn't. Uh, so uh, would you recommend this to uh, every young person in your life then for a required reading? Absolutely.
1: Yes. I would. She wrote a, a short story. I can't remember the name of it right now. I'll have to look it up. Um, where after all of the outcry about using the male pronoun, she wrote a short story, um, where she uses the, like a more gender neutral or no, a, f- a female pronoun even, um, in the same world, just to kind of see how that changes the experience of reading that. I would also recommend that as a companion. To this book,
2: <laughs> beautiful man. I've just been reading such garbage lately. I was just like, Ugh. it was so weird to read a good book, right? um
1: <laughs> <laughs> and A well written one, and like a yeah. well thought out one, and
2: yeah, yeah. it just blew, blew the mind.
1: No, I would definitely recommend this book. I might read it again <laughs>
0: <laughs> every month <laughs> for four
2: days. <laughs> <laughs>
1: in my bedroom <laughs>
0: great okay well uh thanks very much rachel thanks for having me for coming uh, we super appreciate it thanks everyone for listening uh, you can find us on twitter at asset droid or you know uh, old fashioned email uh marshall at androidsandassets.ca or and steven and St- me at steve
2: steve at androidsandassets.ca And uh, also, if you want to draw um, the sacred ancient symbol of the primordials for fire on the uh, left corner of your door uh, with the blood of a frog, uh, you will receive
0: a letter. Nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. (laughs) Nothing.